What does motion sound like? With Kizik Hands Free Shoes, it sounds a little something like this. Experience the magic of motion. Get a free pair of socks with your first order at kizik.com slash socks. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Thanks for choosing this free Anfield Index podcast. If you'd prefer to listen to this or any of our other shows without adverts, then now's the time to check out Anfield Index Pro. With AI Pro, you can supercharge your entire listening experience. You'll not only get all of our podcasts without the ads, but you'll have them far faster with our quick publish feature available exclusively for subscribers. AI Pro also puts you in the heart of our sound studio, with an option to listen to many of our shows live and interact with the podcasters in real time as the shows are recording. Upgrading couldn't be easier. AI Pro is available on all popular podcast platforms, and we have our own apps for Apple and Android. Just head on over to AnfieldIndexPro.com and get started today. Podcasting to you from a field here in beautiful rural Ireland, I'm Trev Denny, and this is the transfer show on Anfield Index Pro, for which I'm joined, as always, by my friend Dave Davis. How are you, Dave? Yeah, I'm good, man. How are you? I'm excellent, as I said, uh, spinning a lot of plates currently, um, but uh, that is probably the most perfect and apt metaphor I can think of for uh, exactly what we try to do in this show, because we have a lot of information to get through, and because of my tardiness, we have only 50 minutes rather than an hour to get through it, so we should just get straight into it, my friend, and and have a look at the at the subject which I think caused a lot of pain to some of our listeners last week the Liverpool section uh, people making very nice comments about the show and how they enjoyed it and all that but finding it difficult I think as all of us are uh, to cope with the um, comparative inactivity uh, in terms of recruitment around uh, the midfield area that is, is is driving quite a lot of people quite scatty it's very understandable Dave um, and we might as well lead off with that angle because the the rumours continue unabated, except there's a spin now. Um, it had started last week, if we're being honest, where it looked as if certain of the tier ones, as you call them, had had that sort of sniff of having been briefed, talking mm. about um, summer and war chests and all that type of thing. And it does definitely raise the hackles on a lot of us because it feels like the same old, same old uh, big promises and then uh, a whole lot of nothing. We're still left with the stark fact of Thiago being the only recruit in midfield in, in four, four and a bit years. And that's, yeah. that's, that's one of the ones that's really, really rankling. Now, there are lots and lots, like I say, of rumours circulating. This is, I think... Chelsea-esque in terms of what it's going to uh, do to you in terms of your need for some uh, imbibing there. But let's get stuck into it. Nunes, Caicedo rumours, war chests. Take us through it and let us know what you've been hearing in terms of Liverpool-centric rumours or and or potential facts. Yeah, absolutely. Plenty and plenty of rumours, Trevor, exactly as you said. And it, 
it does feel like a pivotal period. It probably feels even more pivotal after the sort of Brentford and Wolves results in some ways, but it, it is what it is. So if we start with Nunes, obviously we talked the other week around the the Sam Wallace article and that potentially being a, an option, a gentleman's agreement, as we called it, in the summer. We know um, Neil Jones came out on Redmen TV and was talking about it, that, yeah, he, he put stock in that. James Pearce also said that, you know, in a, in a Q&A around The Athletic, that similar words, that, that you know, that it's credible link, so to speak. So I don't think that's one that, that can be dismissed by any means, definitely. But it's not what people want to hear, is it? Because it's not the immediate thing. Totally get that. So keep it in the summer theme and not immediate things of what people are looking for. We had a, our old friend off um, Twitter, Christian Falk, FC Bayern, if you know him on, on Twitter, saying, and God knows how he knows this, Trev, but apparently a number that you mentioned before, 200, 250 million pounds to spend this summer. Whoopee, you know, it's a, mm. an interesting one if we've got it. You'd ask questions as to why we're not using it right now. You'd also ask serious questions as to how this gentleman would know, so to speak, above others, but it, it's out there. You know, he's happy enough to tweet it, so it's out in the public domain. Probably the more immediate stuff, Trev, that getting a bit juicier was the the Caicedo talk, I think. That's really, in the last sort of 48 hours or so, intensified massively on social media. So there was a, a lot of what I think we call the ITKs, wouldn't we, or different accounts saying that Liverpool are serious, have gone to the table, there's an offer in that's not yet been accepted. Again, probably important to say, I'm phrasing this, there's nothing, as we mentioned, from a, a tier one or from the club. Um, so that was the the biggest sort of bubbling, shall we say, for the start of the week. The thing that's come out from a, a credible journalist was David Lynch. Now, interestingly, it's not it's not tweeted directly from his account yet, but there's a lot of quotes attributed to him. And this is a weird one, Trev, because it's linked to the Norwegian Supporters Club, but that David Lynch has said that Liverpool expects Caicedo to end up at Chelsea. Which, as you can imagine, in the current climate, just causes an absolute meltdown on social media, doesn't it? All sorts of comments in Discord, etc., etc., etc. So that's bubbling. There's a lot of talk around Caicedo at the moment, so everyone's kind of waiting to see what happens there. Maybe an interesting one that's come out today as well is a, a journal called Jack Tolbert for FootballTransfers.com. So he actually mentioned. Um, specifically a few targets that we'd ask about, and I'm probably going to butcher a name here, I think it's pronounced Kupermeyer at Atalanta, the, the Dutch midfielder, and we've been told they've got no chance whatsoever because they've already let a midfielder go this window. But he also specifically name-checked two players that we've been told about before in the form of Turan, the midfielder at Nice, the young midfielder, and Kone at Mönchengladbach, another young midfielder there. So quite interesting one. So... On that, we've done a, a bit of digging today, as you know. We're trying to get through to people we know around the Bundesliga or have got some insight there. The only thing we're really getting is, again, as we said earlier, we know Liverpool are looking at options. Just to be clear, we're not promising anything, but we know they're looking at options. But what we've been told is there's a little bit of wariness around the Bundesliga specifically. Now, the information that we had is, using examples, and I'm putting my tin hat on for this, Trev, but looking at examples like Navigator. Timo Werner, Jadon Sancho, Kai Havertz, it doesn't always go too well for players going from the Bundesliga to the Premier League. And there's a lot of clubs in Liverpool who are apparently aware of that at the same time. I know on the other side, 
the easiest one to quote to go, well, what about Thiago? What about Haaland? And, and that was a natural discussion we had. But I think it's fair to say, you know, we're talking about top players there that are expected to shine. They're in a, a different league to those others. So f- for that context, there's just a little bit of wariness, shall we say, around the Kone angle. But yeah, I think you've raised it well, Trev. A lot of conjecture, a lot of talk, and there's a lot of rumours at the moment. I think just the way it's going, everyone is desperate for something to to break, be solidified, a tier one to get on the case, so to speak. But it is rumour city, I'm afraid, at the moment. Yeah, most of those guys seem to be doing their level best to actually walk in the opposite direction from anything even resembling a solid rumour or a rumour that had been building for a while. With uh, uh, all of the really, really big names, the initial names we were linked with um, have been slowly one by one put to bed. And now yeah. uh, bloody, bloody Chelsea, uh, Dave, bloody Chelsea. I mean, we're going to end up talking a lot about Chelsea again because, of course, yeah. uh, um, but it, it, it just really has the feeling that they just wait until we're heavily linked and huh. they just sneak in. Uh, this thing about uh, nabbing, um, Caicedo uh, is 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 very interesting. Do you uh, are you, are you lessening in your um in your conviction that it's it's still likely that something else gets done when you read like I said certain people I th- now listen I saw quotes attributed to Paul Joyce. Um, he doesn't tend to put these things on Twitter and I can't read his articles, so I don't know if this is true or not. But I did see a quote attributed to him, uh, one of the ones which again had the whiff of briefing about it where he was saying they were pretty much done uh, unless the right deal presents itself. Um, those kind of things are quite disheartening for uh, fans who are inclined to be uh, uh, um, a bit down on the whole um, yeah. ma- management and recruitment thing at the best of times. What, what's your what's your gut instinct on this? Do you, do you still feel there's enough whirling about that it's possible that there's still likely to be a thing done before this uh, particular window closes? Um, yeah, it, it, it's a great question. And I would, my gut still tells me, yes, Trev, I think it, it's clear personally, and say clear is my personal belief, it's important to say that, that from what we're hearing, the suggestions that, as, as we said right at the start of this window from asking people, Liverpool are looking for midfield options. And we did talk about it. This isn't trying to be all seeing, all knowing, because we'll see it may fall flat, but, at the start of these shows, in you know, around the December time, we were told, and we told everyone on this podcast, that Liverpool are looking for a midfielder. That's what we're being told, and they would go through a list of options. I honestly believe that is what's playing out now, Trev. They're naturally, they're going through a list, the options, whatever you wish to call it, and they're ticking them off one by one, shall we say, in terms of price and availability. Now, I know there's a whole other discussion, and we could veer off on so many tangents, couldn't we, about low balling, FSG, all that type of thing. That's probably for a, a different day. But, yeah, I'd, I'd still fancy almost, even if, as Neil Jones called it, it's almost a, an opportuni- opportunistic Arthur but better type signing, you know, something that comes up. I would still be astonished, I'm putting my tin hat on for this again, astonished if there's not a midfielder coming by top of the deadline. Are you that person who has everything? The coolest merch and those must-have fan threads? 
Well, over at our Anfield Index shop, we've gone that extra mile when it comes to pimping up your Liverpool collection. From our popular range of bespoke design t-shirts, sweaters, hoodies and hats, to our signature edition mugs, prints and coasters, all provided with fast worldwide shipping. We have something for every red. We also stock official LFC merchandise and are licensed with the Premier League and UEFA to sell official iron-on shirt badges and sleeve patches. As a listener to this podcast, you can get 10% off everything with coupon code AIPRO10. Just head over to anfieldindex.shop or find us on Etsy by searching for Anfield Index. Yeah, I'd be astonished because of what it would mean in terms of... uh what a statement it would be in terms of uh, well okay then basically in in many ways it's a kind of well sod sod this season then um yeah. that's how that's how I'd read it um so it is going to be something we'll watch with interest and look you know you said right at the start of this show um when we start doing it together like you know around the whole idea of Bellingham who will come to in a second you know I'm willing to be hurt and I still am and I'm still willing to give it one last hurrah with these um war chest stories because I'd rather that than um be completely dour about everything but um the rebuild will have to be quite stunning um if it's going to be uh delayed I tell you that for nothing and speak poor old Nat who was trying to have a look at rebuilding his career perhaps and trading off whatever good uh, vibes he'd gotten from his Liverpool appearances uh, and, and get get a move to another club where he could play regularly looks like because of Virgil's injury that's probably unlikely now yeah it's, it's tragic for the lad isn't it really the way it's all worked out whenever as we've said there's been offers intrigue nothing just comes to fruition and now with Virgil's injury, it's unfortunately pretty much dead in the water, isn't it? Unless something changes dramatically. But I think, unfortunately for Nat, it's another half season, if you want to call it that, spent warming the bench, being covered. We'd, we'd even talk about cup games, Trevor. We'd probably be astonished if he won the replay at Wolves. He might well get that. That wouldn't surprise me. But yeah, not going anywhere. Not good for anyone, I'm afraid. Yeah, it's it is it's a, it's a sad state of affairs for the kid, but obviously he is needed at the moment, and that's just undeniable. That's just how it is. Um, one last thing here, and this is traveling back towards a little bit uh, towards uh, Dreamland and the um, the the Jude Bellingham links, but it would appear that you know there's not too many people who are going to be counting any Bellingham chickens this season anyway which I think you know realistically speaking everyone thought that would be the case anyway that if there was going to be a move it would be in the summer um what do we know about what has been going on there because it's not Liverpool again and you you spoke about there's a whole show to be done on the concept of the perceived stinginess um of our of our owners uh, and whether or not it's fair to say that and whether or not there's um a whole lot to it and uh, the comparative levels of investment and all the rest of it. Like, there's a really, really interesting show to be had by some level-headed types um, around that topic. Uh, as you said, this isn't the time for it, but it looks as if as the price increased or as the price solidified at this uh, obnoxiously high level, Liverpool were being sort of forced out of the reckoning because of lack of financial might. 
Now, there are other clubs like City and Real for whom that is not an issue. And Bellingham continues to be linked with them. Do we have anything solid there in terms of any movement or preference from the player? It's a big week, being honest, Trevor. And it's trying not to be honest, we told you so. But as we had said previously, there's always going to be a delay that, almost for want of a better phrase, Dortmund were on holiday for the Christmas period. And the biggest, I would say, breaking news, but just reinforcement of what we said was something from Yanaga Fjortov, so well-known, you know, former player, Juno, very, very well connected, confirmed specifically around Dortmund's plans that Dortmund were heading to Marbella on the 6th of January. So there's quite a funny story where Bellingham forgot his passport and his mum had to rush and get it for him. So that was a, an interesting thing on Twitter there. But specifically... What he said is the meeting with Dortmund to discuss his future takes place this week, Trev. So, as we said before, it's that whole got to play out that Dortmund will be pushing to see what are your plans. They will attempt to renew all, but full expectation is Bellingham will tell them, no, thank you, I don't wish to stay here long term. So, even if it is a renewal, it's going to be with some sort of release clause, potentially, which is not going to suit. So, we're moving into the, the latter stages. What I guarantee you, Trev, or what I would say is just to everyone, there's going to be rumours from this. Do not get sucked in because I guarantee, Trev, how many headlines are going to come out that Bellingham confirms he wants City, you know, in Dortmund Summit or Bellingham leans towards Pat. You know, something like that. It's all going to come out. There's very, very few who know it. Naturally, you know, it's, it's a tight circle we've been told around Bellingham, you know, his camp, everything like that. So there's going to be a lot of stories. All we know for definite is the summit meeting is this week. Let's just wait and see what happens. Absolutely. Absolutely. And uh, we we do our best to, to keep abreast of everything and stay realistic and stay hopeful. And it's a difficult cocktail for myself and Dave to uh, <laughs> pour pour on a regular basis, dear listeners. So I hope you'll uh, forgive us if we slant into any territory you find unappealing at any given moment. We do try to maintain a sort of a, a level head as we go through these things. Now, level heads are not well uh, known to be common in Goodison Park amongst the fans who are getting more and more agitated uh, with the setup. There are chanting of sack the board and all the rest of it going on and maybe yeah. even maybe even their beloved Frank is possibly starting to lose some of his shimmer um, but they are trying to do a few bits uh, it doesn't seem to be massively high profile things potential loans that type of thing but they are trying to do a few deals and it, to be honest they probably have as much chance of seeing fellas leaving and going out the door as they do fellas coming in. Talk to us about what we know about Everton's moving and shaking at the moment. Yes, to be fair, it's no secret. If a club needs players or something, we know where it is across Stanley Park. So an interesting one that, that came out is, and it had been confirmed by quite a few sources in all honesty, Trev, that they had a loan offer rejected for Danny Ings, of all people. So apparently there's quite a bit of interest in Danny Ings from other Premier League clubs, and, and why shouldn't there be? You know, he's got a good record in in the league, so 
Interesting specifically, though, that Everton were linked. And the other striker, or forward, I should say, that they've been linked with is Ben Breton-Diaz. So at Blackburn Championship, I'll let anyone insert their jokes about Everton Championship players from there. But they are specifically looking to bring a few in. And exactly like you said, there's a few looking to to ship out because we know all about Everton's finances are on a a sticky wicket, shall we say. So interestingly, centre-halves that the two that are strongly being linked. And it is looking like loan initially for Mason Holgate and Michael Keane. So specifically with Keane, Southampton are strongly rumoured to have an interest in trying to get that deal done, which is an interesting one. But yeah, I think think it says it all, doesn't it? Like Everton, they're desperate. They need to get sort of goals in in any format they can. So they haven't got much money, but they will try until the end of the window. You know, we always like to have a, a giggle at that lot. And, um, you know, it, it's <laughs> I refuse to stop doing it just because we happen yep. to be shy at the moment. Um, but I will say another man who often gets um, snickering directed his way from Liverpool fans, as well as some uh, no small amount of disdain is Brendan Rodgers. And his Leicester uh, aren't in a great position right now and they are probably likely to be not the most attractive of destinations for players even though they still have a very decent squad there when you look at it there are probably going to be some outgoings there Rogers came out with a comment I like I like you to tell us the the general gist of that and what it might mean in terms of a high profile exit or two yeah, it was a, an interesting one that is Broger's comments this week about anyone that doesn't want to be here, you know, can go. So quite an interesting one for a team that, that's struggling and got seven players, seven first-team squad players as well. You think we've got a few, Trev. They've got seven first-team squad players whose contract is up at the end of the season. So there's quite a lot that have been linked with moves. Tealman's is probably the key one. Mendy, another one. And there's actually another one that's, that's come out recently that's expected to be a, a deal to Spain. So we'll come back to, to that later. So he's got almost problems there in regards to they've had money issues. You know, there's a lot of players running down on a free. And just to, to almost add to his woes, so to speak, that the strong speculation, and this is in a number of papers, that Madison said he is not going to sign a new deal, and a lot of clubs are well aware of this. He is really their, their prize asset, let's be honest about this. But a lot are interested or keeping tabs, shall we say, such as Arsenal, Newcastle and Spurs. From the suggestions, I've got to be honest, Trev, I would still be astonished if he leaves in January, unless I'm thinking someone like Newcastle, you know, as they try in the summer, come in and just put a a stupid deal on the table with, you know, all the money or most of the money up front. That's the only way I can see it. But yeah, it's uh for a club that's struggling, it's great being defiant, Brendan, in that sense. But yeah, I, d- I don't really see too much of a, a positive note, shall we say, happening at Leicester this window. No, um, you know, I want to be, I want to be positive uh, and talk about, hopeful stuff and I heard someone being very upbeat about Liverpool's chances uh, of top four and I found myself looking at the table there just before we do our next uh, sequence about Chelsea because it's Chelsea and I wanted to have all my facts straight um, before 
uh, allowing you a chance to have a good big uh, drink of uh, Cherry Pepsi Max there because Sweeney Todd's going to keep us busy for a few minutes. And I was looking at the table and I see that Liverpool are on 28 points um, in sixth place and you go, okay, uh, Chelsea are on 25 points and all the way back in 10th, but only three points behind us. However, it does quite say something about how badly their season is going when you think about how ropey we've been and they're still three points behind us. Um, I would, for balance then, like to point out that for us to get to the top four positions, which top uh, position three and four are currently shared by Chelsea and Manche- uh, Newcastle and uh, Manchester United on 35 points. So we are uh, a considerable way back there, some seven points Hello, I'm here to annoy you. I'm here to annoy you into listening to more of me and more of others on EPL Index. We don't just have the Anfield Index stuff. We've got EPL Index as well, which covers the entirety of the Premier League. And we have three podcasts and a whole bunch of really good writing on EPLindex.com. The podcasts are my own two-footed podcast, which is every day at 4 p.m., Monday through Friday, covering the whole league. We have a Tad Predictable hosted by Tadiwa. You know Tadiwa, he does Anfield Index. He presents a Tad Predictable before every Premier League match week. And then Kevin DeVries and his crew on the EPL Roundtable, there every week after the Premier League match week. So make sure you listen to everything we're doing on EPL Index and follow us there on Twitter at EPL Index. Thank you. Bye-bye. It's a, it's, it's a sobering reality for us, but three points more sobering for Chelsea. So what is old Sweeney Todd trying to do about this situation? Because they do seem to be uh, flailing about throwing money at every wall where it might stick. Uh, and we have some new breaking or recent news related to the man himself. So take us through, if you would, all things Chelsea. Yeah, it's uh, it's it's maybe a sad day, so to speak, in the transfer podcast because Sweeney Todd is stepping down as interim sporting director. So the worry is there's a real concern now for us that Chelsea might actually have a strategic approach in the near future. So it is a sad moment when that breaks today that Sweeney Todd is stepping down as interim sporting director. However, it almost feels not like without. One last hurrah, one last present at least, shall we say. So even more breaking news today is that, and this is Ornstein, so it's the ultimate tier one, isn't it, so to speak, that there is a full verbal agreement with Atletico for João Felix. So an 11 million euro loan fee and his wages paid. So as we almost said at the start of these in December, that very much Mendes was trying to get Felix towards the Premier League. And at one stage, the only offer on the table was from Newcastle, which... Funnily enough, as we said, Trev, if anyone wants to go back, was a huge loan fee and 100% of the wages. So it looks like Chelsea are going to get at least at least one through the door there. But it doesn't stop at all, does it? So, again, I'll probably butcher this name, but I think it's pronounced Mudrick. The lad, young winger from Shakhtar, looked all set for Arsenal. Chelsea swooped in, didn't they? They had the talk with Dario Serna who's a Shatar's sporting director. And the suspicion was that it's up to the lad because the offer was far better from Chelsea in regards to cash all round for Shakhtar. 
apparently still not quite meeting what they were looking for because they are asking for an absurd fee, realistically, but that's a different matter. This, there's a lot of speculation, as there always is with Chelsea, I should say, but there's now that with Felix coming, does that end the interest in Mudrick? You never know with Sweeney Todd. We're just going to have to wait and see what happens there. Fascinating to start the week, Trev, as well. The whole Enzo Fernandez story, because everyone was, ex- well, you know, let's be honest, they were expecting that to be done. That was just a matter of time. And then it blows up with Benfica. We have Benfica coach Roger Schmidt calling them disrespectful, manipulating the player. That's why Enzo's been out of the squad for a few games. And absolutely fascinating what we were talking about with the fee, because if you remember initially, he's got a release clause, so Chelsea were going to pay above the release clause. That was the, the speculation. It was all about the structure of how they're going to, you know, the amount up front over so many years. That was the biggest negotiation point with Rui Costa there at Benfica. That was the talk. However, total 360, that they did, I don't want to say an us because that's terrible to say, but they low-balled Benfica. They came in with a low offer, having all indications of, you know, paying above the release clause. So why they thought that would work, Trev, no idea whatsoever. But there we go. It looks like that one's out to, to pasture, shall we say, for Chelsea. But they're not stopping there, are we? We're told that Caicedo is back in the crosshairs, as per that, that David Lynch article. And they've had those links all along. And then the, the other one, and again, it's been reiterated even tonight. Chelsea, obviously, have got injuries galore. They are now in for Marcus Turam. Now, we've talked about him before, the, the French international plays are munching glad back. You know, only got six months left on his deal. He's already name-checked who his dream clubs are. So I actually asked our, the Bundesliga guys that we normally go to, and I love the way it was phrased. It goes, anyone could be Marcus Turam's dream clubs if they'll pay for it. So I like that little phraseology. And if there's one thing we know, <laughs> Chelsea are not afraid to pay for it. And But now it's it's all talk, isn't it, Trev? Does, like, does Felix mean no Mudrick? Does that mean no Turam? Like, is it two or three? In simple terms, it's Chelsea. It's Sweeney Todd's last hurrah of this window. It would not surprise you if offers go in for every single one of them. There's no strategic approach under Sweeney Todd. The only sad thing is he's stepping down, Trev, isn't he? So it may start to be a bit more strategic. But if that is the case, it has been fun while it lasted and we've still got the rest of the month to do it. I think we'll have like a minute silence for Sweeney if if it's if it's a thing <laughs> <laughs> if it's a thing that it has an impact on the show. Uh, it will be interesting to see whether they get all sensible um, uh, in his in his uh, wake or not. But uh, let's 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 watch with interest. And last week you brought me the highly interesting news. For for me, because it's, it's never a thing I think of. Um, you think of Man United, you think of, you know, flagrant spending uh, on good and bad players. But you had said, look, it seems as if, well, they're acting as if they're skint. And now it looks as if they're casting their eyes around, like Everton, the championship. Talk to us about United and their uh, their uh, slightly less than stellar uh, uh, ambitions at the moment in terms of transfers. Yeah, it's, it's definitely not the uh, the normal style of business, and there has been a speculation across many articles that United are 
skip, as you said, for want of a better phrase, and that's been the briefings coming from the club and the major publications like The Athletic, things like that, especially with the club trying to be sold. So an interesting one, Jack Butland on loan. So Dubravka went back, the third-choice keeper, to Newcastle. So Jack Butland comes in on loan till the end of the season. It's hard to remember, Trev, isn't it? Or to imagine at one time Liverpool were debating, is it Jack Butland or Alisson when they were starting that rebuild? That seems a million years ago, but hey-ho, that's where he is now. And then the, the bizarrest one that we know Ten Hag said he's looking for a striker, and who pops up now all of a sudden as a, a random name the other night? Vout Veghorst, the Dutch giant. So at Besiktas right now in Turkey, but on loan from Burnley in the championship. So a fascinating one because that, that sort of popped up and then you saw he scored in the in his most recent game. I don't want to say his last game, but his most recent game for Besiktas. And he's... Kissing the badge, he's doing the love heart sign, and everyone's taking that as you know, he's going away, and all the stories then breaking that he's interested in it very much so, wants it to happen. The interesting one is Burnley have come out today and denied there's an agreement that around 2.2 million, where that, that loan can be sort of terminated to allow this transfer to United to be facilitated, but. There's strong belief, you know, in a lot of a lot of top journalists, we've got to be honest about this, that they are looking to do that deal for, for Veghorst. Now, this isn't me wanting to sort of do down the player, shall we say. You know, he's scored in a, in a World Cup recently. And, you know, he, he is a target man. There's no doubts about it. I know Liverpool, again, he was a player we looked at in the past. It's just not the business you necessarily expect United to do. But it may just be a sign of, where they are financially, what they're looking to do, shall we say. But, yeah, strange times at Old Trafford, eh? Really strange. And, I mean, you know, we can relate um, to our Mancunian brethren uh, in terms of uh, the uncertainty around ownership. And, and it could be having for them, like it seems to be having for us, a knock-on effect. So we'll watch and see what happens there in terms of uh, Veghorst and Butland. And... Over at uh, Southampton, um, they're casting their uh, gaze abroad as well in terms of recruitment, Dave. Yeah, they've, um, they've done a, a, they've done one and they're set to do another that's broken to which I think is good business for them. So they've signed Orsic, an eight million deal from Dinamo Zagreb, so a striker or a forward there. Listen, Southampton are in dire trouble. They need something, don't they? They need goals. They they might need a new manager, but that's different speculation. So that is one definitively in the door there, so can only help them. The second one is is a really interesting one to, to keep an eye on. It's all but done, but longer term, definitely one just to keep an eye on, Trev. They've, or about to sign, I should say, Carlos Alcaraz. So he's a, a midfielder, an Argentinian midfielder from Racing. So the fee is rumoured to be approximately... 14 million euros. Now, the it doesn't maybe sound that exciting, but that Benfica had lined up if Enzo was going to go. So he was the replacement, the knock-on effect transfer. So the reason I'm saying it's worth keeping an eye on is there's been a lot of interest in Alcaraz and without preempting the fact that Benfica saw him as a good option. Listen, we know Benfica's role as that sort of 
tier or feeder into the beer club, shall we say. They are probably the best in Europe, if not the best in the world at it, so to speak, aren't they? So it's just one to keep an eye on. And I think, I suspect, and I could be wrong on this, this is one where it's a talented kid whose agents probably said, listen, let's get you into the Premier League. Even if they go down, this is your chance to showcase your skills for six months and there's not going to be any shortage of takers. So Carlos Alcaraz, definitely one to keep an eye on when he goes to Southampton, but decent business for them, but they still need a miracle. I'm just looking at this kid here, uh, 20 years of age, uh, 66 odd appearances for Racing and nine goals, not yet in the Argentinian squad, which is what I was yeah. checking to see if he'd, if he'd made. So that, that is very interesting. Like if there is that sort of, uh, Argentine, uh, uh, sort of production line of midfielders, very, very interesting. I'll be, yeah, I'll be watching that one, um, with great curiosity. I mean, the wrap up, I suppose, for the Premier League, we can finish with a look, uh, well, <sighs> Yeah, <laughs> we'll look at two more clubs, Villa and Leeds. Um, Villa have, have, have had uh, obviously a bit of a, a strange season, um, yeah. with managerial upheaval and all the rest of it. Uh, they are looking at taking someone in. You mentioned earlier on Danny Ings is attracting attention. Yeah. Um, what do we know about what Emery's trying to do there? Because I'd be very, very surprised um, if he wasn't given some leeway to sort of carve out the squad in his image. Having uh, it, 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 like, I mean, he's a good get for Aston Villa. Let's be honest about that. So I would, I'd be amazed if if he wasn't given some backing. What do we know about what they might be trying to do? Yeah, very much so. Emery, you know, he's he's got a track record. He, he's got with the greatest respect, far bigger clubs than Villa on his CV and Villa, you know, they back Stevie, they're expected to back him. So what we've heard this week is that a left back, Alex Moreno from Betis. So they've had an initial £12 million bid rejected. They are expected to go back in. As we mentioned, an interesting one, that they, they're still looking for a centre-half. So a couple of weeks ago, we talked about Pau Torres. So he was looking at potentially going back to Villarreal there. The strangest of links ever popped up this week in a few places, Trev. Harry Maguire, of all people. So huh. that, was, that was quickly refuted, though. Apparently, he was just having a round of golf at the Belfry, which is close to Villa. That's all it was. So that kind of got shot down quite quickly. But there is a real expectation that Villa will be at him. So Emery is looking for a few. And like you said, there's no point in getting a manager like him in unless you're going to back him and give him a chance to implement his style. So I'd be very surprised if there's not at least one or two in the door at Villa Park by the close of the window. And to bring us around full circle to something you mentioned earlier on um, about Bundesliga players maybe not having or having a, a, a sort of spotty record in terms of their performance in the Premier League. Of course, we know in Bobby Firmino, um, we have a a class A example of how it can go very, very well indeed. Uh, and his club, his ex-club involved here uh, in connection with Leeds United. I don't need a VPN. I've got nothing to hide. <laughs> this is what I used to tell myself before I hooked up with LibertyShield.com. Not only is my home internet now fully encrypted, but I can now access all the websites I want, whenever I want, and do so from absolutely anywhere. As a Liverpool fan, 
I love to know I can now watch every match, regardless of whether it's on UK TV or not. My Liberty Shield VPN makes sure nothing is blocked and guarantees me super fast streaming speed throughout that match. You can get connected right now with their software package, which includes a 48-hour no-obligation free trial and instant access to their apps for Apple, Android, Fire TV, PC, Mac, and Android TV. Or go a step further like I have and get one of their pre-configured VPN routers. These small but powerful devices allow you to easily connect every device in your home to VPN, making it the perfect solution for smart TVs, magboxes, and games consoles. Visit libertyshield.com today and use coupon code AIVPN25 to get 25% off at checkout. Yeah, it's, it's an interesting one. So it's a move for a, a half an hour forward. Yeah, Rutter, so a young French guy. The speculation is it's going to be between 20 to 30 million. Now, there's a lot of people talk about him as young, having potential, Trev, but his record's really nothing much to, to write home about. And it's, it's kind of a surprise. It's a little bit different to to what Marsh goes for. I'm going to say that. It's usually players he knows, doesn't it? That's what Binny sort of operating style but you never know he's, he's still a young player which is very much what Lee's have been targeting but it, it's still struggling to see it sounds like I'm hammering this player doesn't it this kid he might turn out to be a superstar for all we know but yeah it's, it's one to a footnote I think we'll call it that for Trev but no one's expecting the kid to tear up trees at all and sorry the fee again rumoured to be in what sort of a bracket 20 to 30 million Okay. Interesting one. Okay. Okay. Uh, if we cast our gaze a bit further afield and we go over as far as Italy and Napoli specifically, um, Morocco had obviously a fantastic World Cup and a lot of those guys put themselves firmly in shop windows. And, you know, we saw with the likes of Amrabat and others that they've been linked. Another of that squad um, who had good showing uh, in Morocco's run has now been linked with Napoli. Yeah, the um, the young lad, I think Unai is pronounced, so again, yeah, one of their um, stars. Very leggy, great stamina, you know, runs all day. I think the, the considerable thing about this kid was he's a Angers, so a French club, not not the most fashionable, it's probably fair to say. And their president come out and said, yeah, we've had offers galore, probably the right fee, we will sell him, it, it benefits everyone. So, strong speculation at the moment that Napoli trying to do a deal around 20 million, maybe going up to 25. So we'll see if that goes through. But yeah, it would be astonishing if that kid's still at Angers come the end of the window. By far my favourite transfer of uh, recent weeks is uh, a bit of business by Bayern Munich, who we associate, don't we, with scooping up the finest talent in the Bundesliga and therefore always being fantastic as a result and going for the odd big signing like Sadio or whatever. And, you know, uh, they are flash in their business. They're cynical in their business. And it doesn't get much more cynical than this move that they've made for an Ajax player. Talk to us about, talk to us about this one. I really like this one. Yeah, it's, it's so bizarre. So Davy Blind, so, you know, a, a sort of left-back or left-sided centre-back he can also play. So terminates his deal at Ajax. You know, he's a bit of a legend there, for, so to speak. But literally, yeah, Ajax letting go and Bayern just come in and hoover him up, Trev. So a six-month deal. Well, we'll see what happens there. But very much in the um, 
the Vetra in the final stages. The, the speculation is, and there's a lot of chat, that ever since the World Cup, that I don't know really how else you can phrase this, but Benjamin Pavard has a really stinking attitude. He had it in the French team, and apparently, you know, Sally Hamazic has commented on it. So I don't know if it's just cover in case a move for him or he throws his toys out the pram. But yeah, he's, he's one of those. It's a it's a great pension top up, I suppose you'd call it that. But probably nothing more at all. But but interesting, and like I say, in that sort of cynical mold. Chance you get six months if you pull up trees, great. If you don't, off you pop. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you know, you gotta admire that. Uh, you mentioned earlier on that because of the sort of shoddy approach work done by Chelsea, that the Enzo Fernandez deal was looking like it wasn't going to happen anyway. Certainly in this window. Um, I presume that means that he is now back focused on operating for his club, at least until the summer. Yeah, uh, absolutely. I think that that one or that move to any club for Enzo is now dead for this window. That's the end of it all. The, who would go back and negotiate? Who would set his price? What would it be? I think the smart money says that is dead. He goes back. Yes, his head down. Hopefully, does well for Benfica in the Champions League and see what's out there in the summer. But yeah, there will be no move for Enzo, barring a miracle this window now. And speaking of no moves, one of the people we mentioned uh, either last week or the week before that a lot of people were eyeing up was Ben Asser at uh, AC Milan. But it looks like a deal has been done there with the club. Yeah, exactly that. I think even Liverpool will link with him. A lot of teams, Arsenal especially, were... We're interested in him, but apparently just by the uh, signature on the paper and uh, the San Siro lean, if you want to call it that, he is going to extend until 2027. There is there is speculation, it's worth saying, Trev, of a release clause in his deal, but that attractive free transfer seems to be gone for Mo. So probably what the player wanted, I fancy, you know, his agent games a little bit, but he's got his new deal. Milan is set to tie down the player. Everyone happy in that one. And we finished with a link back into a story that we had earlier on. We were talking about our, when we were focusing for a little while on Leicester and the concept of lads needing to go out. And I remember as we were looking ahead to the Leicester game and trying to pick up who might be um, operating their defence. And Soyuncu had fallen out of favour. Um, a guy who had been so impressive for them in the past, clearly an excellent footballer. Um it looks as if he might be one of the first to fall into that Brendan category of uh, getting on his bike. This is almost a great move for the lad. So if it doesn't get done this window, and the suspicion is it's almost going to be a a pre-contract now, because it's actually to Atletico Madrid, Trev. So a club that's well-known for uh, being a bit cash-strapped, hence the sort of the Felix moves and that type of thing. But... I think it's a great move for him. Think of him in a, a Simeone sort of back four that's protected by every other team, you know, the the defensive team heading balls away, kicking it out alongside the likes of Savic or Jimenez. Put it this way, how many people would be sad in their career if they went from, and this isn't to be disparaging, but Leicester City to Atletico Madrid? A great move for him, a free transfer. Everyone's going to be happy here, bar Brendan, so... 
it's one of those things, isn't it? If you're going to start talking to players and saying, you know, if you don't want to be here, you know, off you pop. And funnily enough, Atletico Madrid come knocking. Don't really know what you expect to happen, Brendan, but that one is pretty much done. We're hearing Trev, in all honesty. That takes us through all our prescribed material and we went through it in the required time and it leaves us with a minute here at the end and I'm just going to throw this one at you see what you think because, of course, being is going to be contingent, you would imagine, on whatever deal is going to get done because it would seem very... Well, it depends, I suppose, if it's a partial sale or a full full sale or whatever. We're so in the dark about all of this. Um. I see a story here, and it's um, so be 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 uh, clear on on the source. It's being published this evening by Empire of the Cop. Um, they are saying that there may well soon be a Qatar sports investment uh, uh, investment into the club, uh, either a stake or a takeover. Apparently, they are considering an arrangement um, with. Premier League clubs uh, like us and like Manchester United and actually Tottenham as well. Uh, the owner um, or the guy in charge of of the of the the, the organisation, Nasser Al Khelafi or Khelafi, uh, is apparently a eight billion euro eight billion pound excuse me sterling. Uh, um, a fortune uh, to to be delving into or behind them. Um, I wonder, do we hold any of these uh, stories with much? What, what, when you see these stories floating about, it's been a while, Dave. It's been a while since there's been one, and apparently this one has been in Bloomberg as well, um, yeah. David. Hellier there say, saying QSI is also considering both a full takeover or a stake uh, in rivals, including Manchester City, or Manchester United, or Liverpool. Um, now, it, it, that's a tentative link, but it's interesting, right? Yeah, it, it definitely is, and and it's almost—I wouldn't say bizarre, but I can't really think of a, a better word to describe the sort of the ownership scenario. I mean, let's be honest, Trev, in the, the last few days, especially today. I've seen FSG out trending. You know, that that's ramping up a bit again with everything that, that's happening in the club. Not saying that's understandable, but it's if it's ever going to sort of reach fever pitch, you know, the ownership discussion is just going to add sort of fuel to the fire that way. It It's bizarre how quiet it is. And when it was initially broken a good few months ago, you know, there was a lot of speculation that they'll be trying to get it done before January, won't they? So, you know, it's, it's all in place. It's gone quiet for months. It's not really talked about by anyone at all in press conferences, stories. There's no one really speculating on it, like you say, until tonight. Now, the interest there, yeah, and, and I'm, I'm handling this with kid gloves, so to speak, because I'm not going to try and put words in anyone, anyone's mouths. I know Qatar is going to throw up a lot of conversations or wider human issues, shall we say. I totally get that. Do I suspect, though, there'll be interest from sort of the MENA area, you know, Qatar, Dubai? I would be astonished if there isn't, Trev. I think it, it, I have to be careful how I phrase this, it might go quiet because nothing's going to happen before sort of the, the January transfer window. But it's also, it's a difficult one because the boy who cried wolf story, it's easy to rile us up now at Liverpool fans at the moment, isn't it? It's easy to write a story. Everyone's a bit tense with the way the games are going, the results, the season, the ownership. 
it's not the best period, let's be honest. So it's good clickbait at the same time. And I know this is a total politician's answer. That doesn't mean there's no truth in it at all. So it's bizarre. And I know I've kind of danced around the question there in a nuclear fallout shelter, so to speak. But I would still be surprised if we don't hear something in the next month or so, probably after the transfer window shuts, which I know ain't great for our podcast, but probably the next month or so, I suspect we'll hear something. But that is just my speculation. I've got nothing on that at all. Well, I'm going to finish with something that sort of backs up something you said earlier on in terms of your feeling that there needs to be something done. But by quoting Paul Joyce in his article for the Times, where he says, He's focusing on the hug at full time between Wolves midfielder Matthias Nunes and Jurgen Klopp. Uh, Joyce says, quote, he is a target to improve the team in the summer with a £44 million deal mooted. And Joyce continues, quote, still, the midfield problem needs addressing now. And, you know, I don't think he's going to be opinionating and opining too much given his 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 position uh as as sort of the one of the chosen ones uh, against the club if he didn't feel that there was probably a thing about about to happen that's maybe me being uh wishful thinking um but uh it does sort of at least lend itself a little bit to what you were thinking i mean that you know Okay, we might be doing the splashy deals in the summer, but there should be uh, possibly again, like the other quote I was talking to, talking to you about him from him earlier, an opportunistic thing, like you mentioned, uh, yeah. that should get that that could still get done. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. I'd, I'd, I'd kind of, as I say, stuck my neck on the line. I've half stuck my neck on the line. You know, we've told everyone repeatedly we're not changing our sort of story or. Faith, if that's the right phrase, that from speaking to people, they are telling us that Liverpool are looking at options. Still believe that is probably the case. We've just got to caveat it always, Trev, with looking at options, getting a deal over the line are very different things. And with Liverpool, you just never know. So it's a watching brief at the moment, but it's a hopeful one, eh? <laughs> yeah, I can't think of a better sentence to finish the show with than with Liverpool. You just never know. We are all in a state of massive uncertainty. Uh, some swaying towards the burn it all down and start again, uh, end of an era, etc., etc. And some saying, hey, hey, hold your horses, a tweak or two will fix it. And some being, uh, yeah, like I said, incredibly positive uh, in one edition and uh, we can win the Champions League and get top four. It, 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 we all exist somewhere on that spectrum. Uh, and uh, allow me and Dave, please, <laughs> to just present these rumours and speculations and uh, items of fact to you uh, without reading too much into it. All we can do is tell you what we're hearing and what we see, uh, what's uh, popping up in the media. We do it so you don't have to. And for that sterling work, as ever. Thanks, Dave. No worries. Cheers, mate. We hope you enjoyed listening to this Anfield Index show. Please be sure to subscribe to our channel so future podcasts find their way to your device automatically. There's nothing quite like fan engagement, and we'd love to know what you think of anything discussed on this show. The best way to get in touch is over on our free Discord community, where both podcasters and listeners debate the hottest LFC topics 24-7. Sign up free now at anfieldindex.com forward slash discord. You won't regret it. You can also follow us on Twitter at Anfield Index. 
and find us on Facebook by searching for Anfield Index. Oh, and before you go, we'd love it if you could leave us a five-star review on your favourite podcast app. It only takes a couple of seconds, and it means the world to the people who create these free shows. Sports Social Podcast Network.